This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Little Caesars, where you can enjoy the new smokehouse pizza for only $9 plus tax. Heard me, $9. It's tasty, it's only at Little Caesars, and it's only here for a limited time at participating locations. We're also brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, our next guest, Michael Irvin, is all about winning. He earned a bust in the Hall of Fame as a member of the Triplets, along with Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith. Delivering the Dallas Cowboys three Super Bowls in the 1990s. But the winning started for Michael long before he landed in Dallas when he stayed home to attend the University of Miami and won a national championship with Jimmy Johnson as his coach in 1987. Michael's been on our show before to talk about his Hall of Fame career with the Cowboys, but as part of our NFL Draft Series, he's here today to talk about his college career at the U. Michael, welcome back. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Michael, Jim Kelly came from Pennsylvania to play his college ball at Miami. Bernie Kosar came from Ohio. What was the attraction for a local kid to stay home and play his college ball? What makes the U special? Well, you know what's so funny about that? And, and, and that was right around the turn where Coach Schnellenberger had just gotten there and he was really turning it up. And he had captured that whole community, the whole city, the whole state of uh, Florida, really, certainly, the whole, you know, Miami and all of that. I remember visiting Syracuse and LSU and, and thinking, man, I get to go to these places. That was the first time I'd gotten on an airplane, thinking I'm going to go to one of these schools and, and, and you know, get away from Miami and go to a big-time school. But, but when, when, Coach, when, I, when Coach Nellenberger came and visited my home, and, and oh, my God, and the way everybody was acting about him being there, you just got so drawn into all that he was building at Miami, and you had to go and be a part of it. Now you played three seasons at Miami, and you lost only three games during the, that time, and you were a team that, that clearly prided itself that you'd play anybody, anywhere, anytime. You won at Arkansas, at Florida, at Florida State, at Oklahoma. I'm wondering, Michael, did, did you bring that swagger with you to, to Miami, or did you get it when you got to Miami? I, you know, listen, I, I think that was – uh, a little bit of both. We, we talk about, people always talk about playing in, in hostile environments and everything. When we got to Miami, and Coach Nellenberger had done a wonderful job of going into the inner cities, going into neighborhoods that nobody else, that the most, that people were afraid to go into and getting players and, and bringing us all together. So when we went to places that were tough places, that were supposed to be tough places to win and all of that stuff, we, we look forward to playing in those games. We were like, this, this, this is not what you call a hostile environment. We grew up in a hostile environment. <laughs> this was a great time. I remember we were playing Arkansas one year, and it was like third and 28. Third and 28. And we were backed up, and they had all of their fans going crazy, and we were looking around, talking, and, and, and Mel Braden and everybody was like, now watch this. Everybody's going crazy. Watch, we go get a first down. We got a first down on third and 28 and said, everybody now can be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking with Hall of Fame receiver Michael Irvin on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at at talkoffamenet. And, Michael, uh, speaking about tough places and tough opponents, you played and beat Florida, Florida State, Notre Dame while you were at Miami. 
Which of those three did you most look forward to playing? All of the above, D. All of the <laughs> above. Because here again, they were the big they were the big boys on the block. And we were not. You know, so we wanted to face those teams and, and, and you know, you put Nebraska in there at the time, Oklahoma in there at the time, all of those teams that were doing so great and, and we were supposed to be little old Miami. We wanted to go in and play. We, we enjoyed it. Now, it's always great when you have those interstate rivalries, you know, Miami, Florida State, and University of Florida, stuff like that. Those were always great interstate rivalries. But what we, we enjoyed playing all of them. Michael, first off, do you still have the military fatigues from the 87 Fiesta Bowl game against Penn State? And secondly, did that loss to the Nittany Lions drive you to the national title the following season? Yeah, well, well, the loss certainly hurt. It all certainly hurt, and, and it, it, you could say it locked down things more because we were thinking there's no way we're going to get this far again and lose a game. But we expected to be playing in the championship game every year. That's that. That's the culture that we had built at Miami. So, it, I it, rather we had won that game uh, against uh, against Penn State. Uh, that year, we were still expected to be back in that championship game that following year. Now you played with, with uh, Brian Blades and, and Brett Perryman, who both became accomplished NFL receivers themselves. Every day you lined up against Benny Blades and Bubba McDowell, uh, defensive backs who became pro bowlers in the NFL. How competitive were those daily practices at the U? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, those practices were out of hand. Now, let me tell you. And, and, and Jimmy made sure they were out of hand. With Jimmy Johnson, you know, we, we would go out and we would practice, and, and the practices were not up to par. I, Jimmy would call everybody up. He would call everybody up, and Jimmy would say, listen, all of you guys think that you're on a four-year scholarship. He said, I'm here to tell you those are not four-year scholarships. Those scholarships are one-year renewable, and if we don't get better practices out here, I guarantee you they will not be renewed. Oh, my God, you talked about some. We, we had some of our best practices. I've seen some of the best plays ever played in football on the practice field, on Green Tree practice field at the University of Miami, play, practicing under the conditions in which Jimmy shared with us. Well, Michael, speaking of the best plays or best players, who is the most talented player you ever played with at Miami? Oh, that's a good question. Now, yeah, and I played with so many talented players at Miami. I, I thought Melvin Brad was phenomenal, phenomenal talent at the University of Miami. But but there was also a cornerback there named Tim Brad, Tim Sims. Tim Sims is a very good friend of mine. Um, he and I went up against each other every day in practice. Big, he was strong, played cornerback fast, and, and and he could press. He could play. So he gave me some great battles, great battles. By the time I got ready to play against other guys, I was like, oh, this, this is nothing compared to what Tim gave me um, on the line of scrimmage. So I, I, would, I would venture to say, and he never really played in the NFL, but I would venture to say Tim, Tim Sims was, no doubt, probably the most gifted football player at the, at the University of Miami. Michael, Miami usually conducts the first pro day after the combine. And every year it seems like an alumni gathering with all the NFL players that return to campus for that workout of the school's top draft prospects. How special is that bond of Miami players, both past and present? Well, it's very special. It's very special, and we appreciate and we love, we love that bond. You know, it's something that no matter where you go, we always talk about it. We always connect, and it goes through the generations, you know, 
and and I always say as I'm moving around, you know, when people come up to me, I'm like, uh, you know, they said, Michael, I'm from Miami. I said, okay, you you know, that's part of family. You get a chance to take that picture, and we will always throw up that U. It's interesting, of course, your son's now playing uh, for the U. Uh, and I'm wondering, did, did you counsel him at all, perhaps, to uh, think about going someplace without your heavy footprint on it and try another place? And would he have listened to you if you had? Well, you know, I, I, I always said this to Michael. I said, son, you know, there, there's some choices God gives us and some choices he doesn't. You know, like you can't pick your mom or your dad. You don't get a chance to pick your brother, your sister, your cousin, your niece, or your nephew. You don't get a chance to pick what school you go to. But everything else, you get a chance to pick. That's what you get a chance to pick. You know? <laughs> and I, I would always joke with him about it. And as he got older, he was mad. I can't pick what school I want to go to. And, and, and I would have given him that choice. But I was, I was glad that he made the choice. Uh, of Miami because we used to talk about that as as uh, growing up as kids and playing ourselves. We used to talk about when we were playing and, and on trips to games, we would talk about having our kids and sending them to the University of Miami also. It's really a dream come true just to see them wearing that uniform at the University of Miami. Hey, Michael, we've got to run, but thanks so much for stopping by again. Always, always good to talk with you. Hey, thank you, guys. Thanks, Michael. That was Hall of Fame wide receiver and former Miami Hurricane Michael Irvin. Coming up next, why a former linebacker deserves more than he's gotten from Canton. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.